Hey, good morning, Rev City family. Come on, who's glad to be in the house of the Lord besides me today? Let me hear from you. Hey, find someone next to you and tell them that you are glad that they are here. And as you're doing that, I'm gonna welcome those of you who are joining us online. So thankful that you're making time to worship the Lord with us. And come on, we're gonna grow in our faith together today, grow in God's word. And if you have your Bible, you can turn or click, and I wanna encourage you to do so, to Psalm 95 or Philippians 4. Take your pick. We'll get to Psalm 95 first, but we'll spend a little bit more time in Philippians 4. Hey, who had a good Thanksgiving? Let me hear from you as well. And uh, listen, I want to encourage you, Thanksgiving's not over this weekend. Just continue to celebrate Thanksgiving. Come on, just like we gathered around a table with family and friends and hopefully had a good meal. Today we're gathered with family and friends. And come on, let's receive from the word of God this morning, which is the bread of life. And let's, let's drink from the, the well of living water that Jesus said, if you would drink from it, you would never thirst again. And so let's receive what God has in his heart for us today. And listen, I believe that this word, this message that I'm about to share with you is one of the most powerful words that you can embrace for your life as a believer, your life as a disciple. And I know I say that almost every week, but come on, don't you want to go to church where someone really believes in what they're trying to say? But I really believe it about this one. I'm going to talk to you this morning about the power of thanksgiving. That it's more than just good manners, it's more than just good Christian behavior, and it's way more than a holiday that we circle on a Thursday in November where we make the turkey and the cranberries and the mashed potatoes and the green bean casserole that I can live without. Someone say amen. (laughs) It's way beyond that. That thanksgiving, that living a life of thanksgiving is actually a powerful force in the life of every believer. That is part of what will help you to persevere through trials and problems, triumph over difficulties, and arrive at the promises of God for your life. That this is a principle, that this is a key, that this is in some ways even a weapon that God has given you as a man of God, as a woman of God, as a young adult who is chasing after and pursuing the purposes and the heart of God for you and for your generation. That thanksgiving is not the invention of man, it's it's a principle of God. And that when we choose to operate in it, it postures and positions us to walk in the fullness of the blessings of God in our life. In every season, the good ones, the challenging ones, the uncertain ones. So come on, let's dig into God's word this morning. Before we do, would you allow me to pray? And would you pray with me? And would you ask God to speak to you? I'll pray over us corporately, but right where you are, you've got individual, unique circumstances and challenges and opportunities that lay before you. And I believe that today God wants to come and strengthen you individually, uniquely, encourage you with what you're walking through. Maybe help you and heal you with some things that, that maybe you're struggling with. And so come on, let's, let's just get to prayer. I'll pray over us corporately. Would you right now just begin to invite the Lord to speak to you and to do in you what he desires to do in you and through you and for you. And Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to gather in your presence, in your house, with your people, gathered around your promises which are found in your word. We don't take it for granted. We're thankful. We're thankful. We're thankful, God. We're thankful for who you are. We're thankful for what you've done. 
We're thankful for what you're yet to do, and even today, God, what you desire to do in the life of every man, every woman, every young person. God, we thank you, Lord, that those who are here, maybe they're weak or weary or wounded or hurting in some area of their life, Lord, that today you desire to show up and do what only you could do to bring help, to bring healing, to bring comfort, to bring strength, to bring restoration, to bring renewal. Lord, we thank you that in your word you said that you came to seek and save the lost, that you came to destroy the works of the enemy, and that you came to bring life and life abundantly. And I pray that those three things would happen, Lord, in great measure today, God, through the preaching of this message, that those who are lost and far from you, Lord, would come home to you. Lord, that those who, who have, have been lied to or deceived by the enemy, that today the power of your word and your heart, Lord, would defeat those lies and that it would connect us to more of the life of Jesus that was so strong and so powerful that Jesus couldn't stop there. He said, life abundantly. We want to walk in it. We receive it today. Lord, open our hearts to receive. We say, Lord, we're alert. We're listening, God, to what you have to say to us today. In Jesus' mighty name, and come on, if you'll receive part or all of that for you and yourself and your marriage and your family, someone ought to say amen. Amen, amen. Listen, my desire for you today, for you and for I, is that we really grasp this, the power of giving thanks, that we go to a new level in our commitment to understand it and to live it out. That if we'll embrace this godly command, not just be hearers of God's word, but begin to say, Lord, I want to be a doer of your word. That this really has the potential to change your life. That this really has the potential to shift the atmosphere over your marriage over your home, over your heart, that there's power in thanksgiving. You know, there's four things that I encourage us to really focus on in our life as a believer. The four Ps, you guys remember the four Ps? And I encourage us to really focus on these things. And you know, when you're preaching about God who is awesome and it's just impossible to ever really describe or put to words the nature and the character and the goodness and the magnitude of God, it's a little risky to oversimplify things. Billy Graham said it this way, he said, when you're preaching about God, and he was specifically talking about the Holy Spirit, it's like going to the Pacific Ocean, getting a cup of water from the Pacific, and going back to the Midwest and telling people about the Pacific Ocean by showing them the glass of water. God is limitless. So it's a little risky to oversimplify things, but sometimes that's exactly what we need to happen, is to get back to the basics, to the foundations, to the, to the elementary things, to the things that if we really will focus on those things, the other things that God desires to do in us and through us and for us, we'll begin to discover those things and walk in those things. And so I've encouraged us with these four things. Think of them like legs on a table of your spiritual journey, of your spiritual walk. That if you're, if you're pursuing and building these four things, that your table will stand firm. If you begin to become um, focused on two and not on the other, your table will begin to lean and begin to tilt and potentially even fall. Those four things are God's presence, his presence, his being, who he is, how we, how we engage with him through prayer and through worship and, and through praise, his presence. God's people, that we were called and created for community that we weren't created to do the Lone Ranger faith. We were called to, to a community of faith, of brothers and sisters and, and serving together and loving one another and being there to strengthen and encourage one another. And when you stumble, I come alongside you and I help you get up and get moving. And when I stumble, you're right there for me to help me to get up and keep moving. We were created for God's people. We were created for God's promises, which are found in his word. Again, four things that if we'll focus on, Every day, how do I stay connected to God's presence? How do I stay connected to the people of God? 
How do I stay connected to the promises of God which are found within his word? And how do I stay connected to the purposes of God? Because God didn't come and, and pay such a high price through Jesus Christ just to get you to heaven. That's an amazing promise because eternity is a very long time. But he came to save you so that you could begin to serve out the purposes of God in this, on this side of eternity in your generation to shine the light of Jesus, to be the hands and feet so that others will see and know and receive what we've received, this mystery of grace, this radical grace that covers our sin and heals us from the pain of our past and connects us to a brand new life. Isn't that good news? So listen, you were created for these four things. I want to tie how the spirit of thanksgiving, the power of thanksgiving, the attitude of gratitude helps to empower and protect and preserve those four things. Number one, God's presence. That takes us to Psalm 95, which says this, let us come before him, speaking of God, let us come before God with what? With thanksgiving. Listen, more than anything, we need to come before God. We need to be in his presence. We need to begin to acknowledge him. We need to begin to garner and find our strength for the day and our strength for the season and our strength for our assignments from him. We can't do it in our own strength. Many of us are trying. And he says, come before me with thanksgiving. Turn the page a few pages to the right. And Psalm 100 verse 4 says it this way. Enter his gates. In other words, approach where he is with thanksgiving. Someone say thanksgiving. And his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Listen, if you're struggling in your faith, if today you would say, Pastor T, I'm dry. I'm spiritually dry. I'm, I feel weak. I feel weary. I, I, I'm hurting. Is it possible that maybe if you were honest with yourself, you would realize that maybe you have gotten away from spending time in God's presence? That, that maybe... You, you are failing to, to eat of the bread of life, that you are failing to drink of the river and the streams that Jesus promised us that would, never, that would cause us to never thirst again. More than anything, with everything we're going through, with, with all the opportunities and the challenges that lay before us, we need to be in God's presence. So he's given you some insider information here. God is a jealous God. Exodus 34 says that he jealously longs for you. He wants your heart. He wants your affection. He sees the way that we give those things away, our heart and our affection to the things of the world, and he sees how we come out on the other side longing for more because those things cannot and will not ever fill you up. So Exodus 34 says that he's a jealous God, but he's anything but a selfish God. He's given us some insider information here that's intended to help us to apprehend more of his presence and his power so that we can begin to walk into his purposes. He says, when you come before me, come before me with thanksgiving. He's encouraging us, approach me with praise, with thanksgiving on your list. Bring your requests, your dreams, your challenges, your pain, your hopes, your needs. Bring those things before me with thanksgiving, not because of what it does for God, because catch this, God does not have self-esteem issues. He's telling us this for what it does for us, that this is a pattern. He knows this is a pattern. This is a posture that positions us to best receive from God. It's the attitude that allows blessing from God to most readily be transferred and released into your life. And isn't it true 
that we prefer to be around people with a good attitude, a thankful, a positive, a joyful attitude. And isn't it true that when you see, oh my gosh, I just saw a precious lady named Nancy. I was about to say negative Nancy. I'm sorry, Nancy. When you see negative Nancy coming, I, listen, I get it. I, doubt, doubting Thomas is the kind of the name that's associated with my name. One time Thomas doubted. Isn't that like religious people to kind of brand you with one mistake that you made? <laughs> when you see those people coming, come on, you know it's true. You want to go the other way. But when someone walks into the room and they have a positive, faith-filled, can-do, optimistic, we-can-make-this-happen attitude, come on, it changes the atmosphere in the room. Don't you know it's true? God's called you to be that person. God's called you to be that person on your good days and on your bad days. Because when you show up in the room, it's not just you that shows up, but it's Christ in you who is the hope of glory. So when you show up in the room because Christ is in you and he's the hope of glory, come on, the atmosphere of the room ought to shift and change. But it's true. It's insider information. He's saying, when you come before me, come before me with thanksgiving. Come before me with praise. You can bring your real problems. You can bring your real pain before me, and we'll get to it here in a moment. You can already be thanking me for the way I'm going to help you and heal you for those real things. God's presence. Man, it's so much better to be around people with a joyful, thankful attitude. Attitude, did you know that that word, it, just, it describes kind of our, our posture and kind of our personality in some ways, and really it's beyond that. A lot of times attitude is a choice and a decision. But it's an aeronautical term. It's an aeronautical term that de describes the trajectory of an aircraft, right? Anyone familiar with that? It describes the trajectory of an aircraft. Is the aircraft ascending or descending? That's the attitude of the plane. And how many know that it's really true in your life and mine? That our attitude is perhaps more than anything determining whether your life of faith is ascending or descending. Not your circumstances, not your situation. All throughout the Bible, people went through difficult, trying situations, wilderness seasons. Joseph was thrown in a pit. David was in a cave. I mean, come on, people went through real difficult situations. Your circumstances are not determining the outcome of your future. The God you serve knows he can get you from point A to point B. And I'm telling you, when you find yourself here or in the middle maybe is even the most precarious position right there, can you just decide, I'm going to have a faith-filled, positive, can-do, trusting God kind of attitude that allows me to give thanks to God even when I'm going through some stuff I didn't expect to go through, real problems, real disappointments, real pain, real loss, real lack, whatever it looks like for you, you know that God can get you to the other side. Your attitude, more than anything else, is determining the trajectory of your life of faith. Attitude is also, because we're talking about having an attitude of gratitude. Attitude is also one of the last opportunities for competitive advantage. Well, what do you mean, Pastor T? Well, I'm glad you asked. Everyone has access now to information. Used to, you had to go away and pay someone a lot of money for four years to learn about anything and everything. And I mean, I know it's still some value in that, obviously. But now you could get on YouTube or Google or whatever. Everyone has access to information, but very few people will show up with that information and a great attitude. So young adults, listen to me. In sports, 
in, in, in academics, in, 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 in the life that you pursue as a career or your business, make a determination that when you show up, a good attitude shows up with you. I'm telling you, it's one of the few things that will begin to set you apart. They'll look at you and they'll say, they got the same degree. They know the same things. They got access to the same information. But that person over there has a can-do attitude, a positive, optimistic attitude. I'm hiring that person instead. Attitude is determining, perhaps more than anything, whether your life of faith is ascending or descending. And God says, when you come before me, because you're gonna need my presence to make it through and make it to, when you come before me, just go ahead and just settle the matter and come before me already giving thanks for what I'm going to do in your life. God's presence. Number two, God's people. God's people. And we're talking about these four Ps, God's presence, God's people, God's promises, and God's purposes for your life, and how an attitude of gratitude empowers, protects, and preserves those things. God's people, that gratitude for people will insulate you from division and divorce. Philippians 4, verse 68, let's read it together. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, somebody say, with thanksgiving, Present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, speaking to you and I, whatever is true, whatever is noble, don't forget the context is, is, is thanksgiving. Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And how many know it's true that in relationships, we often lose sight of the things that attracted us to the person or brought a blessing about through the person. And over time, some of those things might not even have changed, but the enemy begins to cause us to begin to focus on the fr frustrations, the pet peeves, the weaknesses. It's true in marriage relationships. It's true in church relationships. It's true in workplaces. It's true in families. And you say, why? Because the enemy is the accuser of the brethren. And like I say often, anywhere where there's power, potential, or promise, you better go ahead and predetermine that there's going to be opposition. God is a God of relationship. And the closer the relationship, the more power, potential, and promise that it has. And that's why you better expect that the enemy's gonna come in and he's gonna try to get your attention off of all the things that you have to be thankful and grateful for in that relationship and cause you to start to look at the things that you maybe once thought were cute about the person and now it drives you crazy. Listen, sometimes people really need to change. I mean, sometimes people really need to change. As we talk about like focusing on the whatever is pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's true, whatever's worthy of praise, whatever's excellent, and we gotta focus on those things, that's true, but sometimes you really need to change. Husbands, I do not want to get a call from your wife next week from her saying, I need him to change in this area, but he just talked back to me and said, go listen to Pastor T's message. He told me that I need to tell you that you just need to be thankful that I'm in your life. I do not want to get that phone call because sometimes there are legitimate things that we need to grow in, we need to change. But here's the truth. People are rarely criticized, nagged, or belittled into significant growth or life change. Woo, I heard some people say amen to that one. Almost always the pathway to the change is just like the pathway to coming to God. He said, my kindness will lead you to repentance, which is changing and leaving the old life and pursuing the new kingdom life that I have for you. And most times, 
I mean, I'm not saying that you can't get some counseling or some pastoral help or some accountability from our men's ministry or whatever you need. And I don't know why I'm focusing more on men who need to change. (laughs) Tread lightly right there, huh? Wisdom is kicking in and telling me to keep moving right there. Maybe there's some things that really need to change. But maybe the pathway to see the change and the shift is just going back and be, doing what God's word says right there. If there's something that you can find, even if you gotta look hard and it's worthy of praise and it's excellent and it's good and it's pure, you go find that thing and you start to think about that, you start to talk about that, you start to dwell upon that, you start to look for ways where you don't just have an attitude of gratitude, but you begin to express the actions of gratitude. And just watch how it'll shift the atmosphere. And all of a sudden, the thing that you have been hoping and nagging and hoping and all of a sudden, just with an ounce of appreciation and gratitude somewhere, something starts to change and shift. And we begin to pursue what it looks like to really change and to really grow in an area that maybe has been a challenge. Give thanks in relationships. Focus on the good in relationships. Show appreciation in relationships. It serves as the platform for the legitimate times you need to share the disappointments or desire for others to improve in some areas of that relationship. Reminds me of a story, really it's a joke, who wants to hear a joke? (laughs) Reminds me of the story, forgive me if you've heard this before, of a man who walked into a butcher shop and standing in front of him at the butcher shop was a dog who was about third or fourth in line. He thought, this is curious and Sure enough, the dog made his way forward to the front of the line, dropped the bag that he had in his mouth, and put his nose right up on the glass and barked twice. And the butcher came to the butcher counter right there and said, hey, Sparky, you need two pounds of hamburger today? And the dog barked once, and he said, all right. And he packed up the two pounds of hamburger, and the dog picked up the bag and set it up on top of the counter, and the butcher counted it out and said, exact change, just like normal, Sparky, here's your hamburger. And the dog took the package of meat and began to walk home. And the guy that was behind him said, he forgot about what he was there to order. He said, I gotta follow this dog. This is one amazing dog. And he followed the dog around the corner and down the street and up the stairs in an apartment complex in a big city. And, And he followed the dog down the hall and the dog got to the door and the dog started scratching and barking at the door. And the the owner of the apartment came to the apartment and opened the door and said, Sparky, you dumb dog. And and the man said, what are you saying, sir? This is the most amazing dog I've ever seen. He he went to the butcher shop. He ordered your food and and he paid for the food. He had exact change. How could you say that he's the dumbest dog ever? And he said, well, this is the second time this week he forgot his key. (laughs) It's humorous. But how many times do we find ourselves in the same place? So many things to be thankful for about a relationship, and yet the enemy starts to put our focus or our spotlight on the faults of someone. Whatever is noble, whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything, anything, even if you gotta look extra hard is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Attitude of gratitude will guard the atmosphere over your relationships because God has called you to his presence and to his people. Number three, God's purposes. God's purposes. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 
three short verses that really could all be one verse, but maybe God's trying to emphasize something. And it says, rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Wait a minute, Pastor T, you're always telling us that God has a big plan and a good future and a big dream for my life. It's gotta be more than that. He does, and it is. Ephesians 3 verse 20 says, now to him, speaking of God, who is able to do immeasurably, do you catch that? It can't even be quantified or measured. What God has in his heart to do in your life, in your marriage, in your career, is more than what you could even calculate is what it's saying. You can't even quantify or measure. That's the heart of God towards you in every area of your life. And and, and so it's worth reading on and see what the rest of the the passage says. It says, who is able to do immeasurably more than what we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. More than we ask, more than we imagine. God's part is to do the more. Our part is to ask, think, and imagine. You might say it this way, God does the more, but we establish the floor. He's gonna show up and he's gonna do more than what you ask, think, or imagine. So come on, why don't you start asking, thinking, and imagining about the purposes of God for your life. He didn't save you to just be an occasional church attender. He's called you to become a mighty man of God. Leading your family courageously, making a difference in your community, making a difference on the university, making a difference in the school, making a difference in the locker room, making a difference in wherever God's called you to, the office place or or the sales pitch or wherever I'm telling you he's called you to, the purposes of God. He'll do more in your life than you could even ask, think, or imagine. And he says, you want to know the will of God for your life? And come on, how many of you would like to know the will of God for your life? He says, then you just start rejoicing always, praying continually, and giving thanks in all circumstances. And do you know that God's plans for you, speaking of circumstances, have not changed because of a pandemic, an election, or inflation? (laughs) Everything that God ever ordained you, called you, created you, formed, and is fashioning in you, fashioning in you to do? I think I added a couple of syllables right there, just for good measure. Everything he's doing in your life had everything that we've gone through in the last two years already predetermined and built into it. It was always part of the plan, always part of the equation because newsflash, God was not caught off guard. But so many times we allow the stuff that we go through, the situations, the circumstances, the unforeseen things to get us knocked off track. Well, I woulda, I coulda, and then someday I shoulda. Man, why don't we commit to live in a way where we don't look back and have a bunch of shouldas. <laughs> Someone tweet that out. I ought to put that on Twitter. <laughs> I don't want to look back and have a bunch of shouldas. He's created you for a purpose. He, he's created you for a purpose. So he says, my, my will for your life is discovered by rejoicing, praying, and giving thanks in all things. And by the way, that's a key word. It says in all things, not for all things. He didn't call you to be thankful for the diagnosis he, or for the lack or for the closed door or for the challenge. He just said when you're in the diagnosis, when you're in the situation, when you're in the circumstances, right there in that moment, before you get to the other side of that thing, you can already start to give me thanks. But he says, my, so my will for your life is discovered and experienced and enjoyed with this pattern. I'm rejoicing always. 
I'm praying continually, and I'm giving thanks in every circumstance. That's how you begin to discover the will of God for your life. Because, Because, listen, the pathway, I say this often, the pathway to the new, the next, and the more of God, I say it, is always faithfulness with the now of God. But perhaps, at least for the purposes of this message, we could substitute the word faithfulness with thankfulness. The pathway, so let's do it. The pathway to the new, the next, and the more of God, which, by the way, he has for every one of you. And I don't care where you are or what you're going through today, what you've been through or what you're up against. I I promise you, if you're breathing, God has this promise for you. He has a new, he has a next, he has a more. Just settle it. The pathway to the new, the next, and the more of God is thankfulness with the now of God. I say, Pastor T, but you say faithfulness. Maybe it's, maybe it's interchangeable, or maybe what we can understand is that thankfulness actually goes a step beyond faithfulness. Because maybe what we can start to understand, if you really just think about it, is that faithfulness is actually inspired by thankfulness. When you're really thankful, I mean really thankful for the job you have today, you'll be faithful with the job you have today. When you're really thankful for the person that God has brought into your life, that you prayed for and you believed for and you've dreamed for, when you're really thankful and you, com- you commit to guard that atmosphere of gratitude around that relationship because you will learn more about each other and you will learn about the weaknesses and the flaws and the things that that person brought into the relationship that you couldn't see because they were lugging some baggage behind them and it was way behind them, but eventually it caught up. I'm just telling you, if you'll commit to, to protect that atmosphere of gratitude, when you're really thankful for that person, I mean really thankful you'll be faithful. Maybe thankful leads to faithful. Am I grateful for who God's already brought into my life? Am I thankful for the assignment that he's already given me? Am I thankful for who God has made me? Because an attitude of gratitude will insulate you from the pitfalls and dangers of comparison. So many people saying, I woulda, coulda, shoulda if I was more like them or if I had what they had or whatever. There's a spirit of entitlement that's being empowered in our culture. And maybe today you ought to just say, I am enough because God is in me and he, he doesn't create accidents. I'm his masterpiece according to God's word. And he's got a plan and a purpose and a hope for my future just the way that I am. And he's, he's coming alongside me and he's going to get me to and through the things that I'm going through to the things that he's calling me to. We tend to think that happiness, fulfillment, or breakthrough lies in new levels of accomplishment or accumulation. But the reality is that it's not the person who has the most in life, but it's the person that makes the most of life that is really happy and fulfilled. The person that says, whether I have a lot or a little, the Apostle Paul said, I've learned to be content. I've learned to be happy. I've learned to be grateful. And and, and really, listen, anyone can be thankful to God on the day where the publisher's clearinghouse comes to your door and knocks on the door with a big giant check and says, congratulations, you've just won the publisher's clearinghouse. You'll never have to work in your day. Oh, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Anyone can be thankful in those seasons. He says, you want to know the will of God for your life? You be thankful in every circumstance. 
When you're going through the storm, come on, just stay thankful. When the bank account is depleted, just be thankful. When you get the promotion, oh, just be thankful. Because see, when you become tethered to this, you begin to understand the purposes of God for your life. And the thing that you're, you're driven by, the thing that you're anchored to, determines how immovable you'll be. My gratitude is not tied to the circumstances of the world. Those things are up and down. They're, they're in, they're out, they're fleeting, they're circumstantial. My, 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 my joy, my gratitude, my, my attitude is determined by, not by how things go, but by who I know. I know a God who loved me too much to leave me where I was. When I'm up here worshiping and praising God, it is not because I'm a preacher. It's because I was a sinner. And I've been saved by grace. What else can I do but just be thankful? I'm so thankful, Lord, that you love me. You came and rescued me. You rescued me. We sang that song, where would I be without you? Listen, I could tell you a few places I would be, and you don't want to go there. And, and oftentimes, most times, I'm preaching to people about forget what lies behind and press forward to the future. But sometimes there's a benefit from just taking a quick peek in your rearview mirror and being thankful and grateful for the dumpster fire that you left behind. I'm thankful, God. In every circumstance. Number four, lastly, we'll close up right here. We're about to respond to God, worship God together one more time, get you about your day. Number four, God's promises, God's promises, so God's presence. We approach him with thanksgiving and we apprehend his presence we receive from him. God's people, that an attitude of gratitude, if you'll fiercely defend and protect the attitude of gratitude over relationships, it will insulate you from division and divorce. God's purposes, that when we accept with gratitude the assignment that God's given us and the, who he's made us to be and know that we can be empowered by his spirit to go and do and be everything that he's called us to do and be, it keeps us marching forward and moving ahead to the purposes of God. Lastly, number four, God's promises, that for every need, hope, and dream, there's a promise in God's word. And going back to Philippians 4, it says, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God that surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Come on, that's a pretty good promise from God and it's associated with an attitude of gratitude. Be thankful, be thankful, be thankful, be content. Make a decision, predetermine. Maintain, fiercely defend, an attitude of gratitude, and the peace of God will guard your hearts. So many people anxious and fearful, doubting and worrying, and so many people striving, and their hearts are unsettled, absent, and void of any of the peace that Jesus said he came to leave us and give us as our inheritance, not as the world gives, he said. I give you a peace that is, is not fleeting and circumstantial, but it's, it's, it's unending and it's eternal. And when you make a determination to say, man, I'm not allowing, I'm not comparing myself to others, I'm not keeping up with the Joneses, I'm just gonna be faithful to the call of God in my life, I'm just gonna be faithful to the people of God that he's put in my life, I'm just gonna be faithful to be a, a worshiper of God, I'm just gonna be faithful to be found in the word of God, I'm just gonna remain faithful to those things and thankful for those things, and it guards your heart. The Greek word there is phoreo, the Greek word for guard, and it means a military-style protection or barrier. 
intended to keep out opposing forces and intended to keep in the inhabitants of a city. And I'm just telling you, when the Ferreo peace of God begins to guard your heart, all those ways that the enemy tries to come into your heart and introduce little lies or deceptions or fears or anxieties, it begins to become protected and insulated. And all the good things that God intends for you to treasure and harbor in your heart, they no longer flee with every little thing that pops up in your life. That's a good promise from God. We need it in this season. There's a lot of challenges. There's a lot of things we've been through. People dealing with full-scale attacks of discouragement, depression, and despair. And he says, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Your needs, your challenges, your hopes, your dreams, everything in between. Your good days, your bad days. He said, just come before me, just giving thanks for who I am, what I've done, what I'm going to do. And did you know, I love this one. The world confirms God's word, study after study after study. The two that I found when I did a Google search about this were from the University of California and Harvard Medical School, hardly bastions of Christian thought. Both of those schools, universities, California and Harvard, both said that people, I'll just read it, what I copied and pasted, that those that have and more importantly expressed gratitude are healthier, happier, more fulfilled, and less susceptible to depression or despair. That's what the world, when they went and studied people, began to discover. How many of you know that God wrote it first? And when you begin to sense an attack of discouragement, discouragement, you can afford to be discouraged, you can't afford to stay discouraged. Because discouragement will lead to depression, depression to despair, and despair, you get in that and you get isolated, you get divided, you get in a bad place. You, can't, you can afford to be discouraged, but you can't afford to stay discouraged. When you begin to sense an attack of discouragement against the purposes and the promises of God for your life, predetermine today to come against it with the weapon of thankfulness. Because the enemy's always coming to tell you who you're not and what you don't have. And you can right there in that moment say, I'm a blood-bought child of God called by his name. I'm the head and not the tail, the first and not the last. Not today, Satan. I'm thankful for who God's made me and for what he's doing in my life and for who he is. And even if I don't have what you're saying that I ought to have, I'm just telling you, I'm thankful for, for what he's gonna do in my life. And it insulates you from the schemes of depression, discouragement, and despair. I've got another couple pages of notes, but I just feel the Lord saying just to pause right there. Just to pause right there. Come on, stand to your feet. Let's, let's respond to God. Let's respond to what the Lord's speaking to you. Respond to what the Lord is speaking to us, what he's inviting us to, what he's leading us out of, what he's reminding you of. Maybe you've heard this message before. You've heard me preach it before if you've been around here more than a year or so. But I just think it's one of those things that we ought to have a checkup in about once a year. Just like we go to the doctor and they do all the tests and they do all the things about once a year. Or at least when you get to my age, they start telling you to do it once a year. Maybe today God's just saying, come on, where are you at on this? What, is there something that you once were thankful for? Today, the Lord is calling you to recommit yourself to have an attitude of gratitude. And not just an attitude, because that's one thing but to go from an attitude of gratitude to the actions of gratitude. To begin to tell the wife how much you love her and how thankful you are for her. To begin to tell, I mean, to begin to do the things. 
that outwardly express something that God is doing right now in our hearts inwardly. Just cementing the commitment to be a person that gives thanks, a person that will not allow the enemy to come and cause us to begin to focus more on our challenges or our lack than on what God is doing and has already done in our lives. So right, right there where you are, would you just ask the Lord, Lord, what are you speaking to me? Lord, what are you speaking to me? What are you speaking to me through this message? What are you speaking to me through, through your word today? What person, what promise, what opportunity have I grown complacent with in a way that causes me to no longer be really constantly aware of just the blessing that lies within that person in my life, the blessing that lies within that opportunity or that assignment that you've given me, whatever it is for you. Something that, that the Lord would say right now, just don't discount what I've already put in your hand. Re remember when Jesus was preaching on the hill and there were thousands of people, 5,000 men is what it said. So that means there might've been 20,000 people when you counted the women and children. And remember, they said, send them away. We can't feed them. We're in a remote place. There is no Applebee's nearby. <laughs> and they, Jesus looked back at them and he said, you give them something to eat. And remember what they did? They brought a young boy who had a lunch pail with five loaves and two fishes. And you remember what the Bible says that Jesus did? We can miss this. Because too often we focus on the provision instead of the principle, the miracle instead of the method. But what the Bible says, it's in the text. Go back and check it out. It says that Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish, and it says he looked up towards heaven and gave thanks. And you might think that you're not enough, you might think that the future is insurmountable. You might think that it can't happen, but I'm telling you, if you'll take what God has already released to you and provided to you, that wife, that husband, that job, that car, that house, whatever it is, and you'll take it into your hands and you'll look up towards heaven and you'll say, Lord, thank you. I thank you for what you've already given me. Just watch how appreciation leads to multiplication. So what is it? Come on, right now, we got just a couple more minutes and we're gonna worship together. What is it that God's calling you? He's, he's, I mean, he's calling you to go back to a place of appreciation. I'm just telling you. If you'll grab a hold of this, just watch what it'll do over the atmosphere of your marriage. Just watch what it'll do over the atmosphere of your workplace. Lord, we receive it. And right now, let's just respond. If you're willing to receive it from God, just a, the fresh grace to walk this out in a God-honoring way, would you lift your hands before the Lord? And, and a lot of times I give the caveat if you're not comfortable. Here's the thing, I can't make you do it, but I, I wanna encourage you to do it to lift your hands before the Lord because this is a powerful posture. This is a posture of simultaneously presenting something to God and leaving it here. And it's also at the same time we're receiving the grace of God to live out this message in a way that honors God in a way that actually causes us to experience the impact of it starting right now, starting right now. Lord, we thank you. Give us the grace, Lord, to, to live this out, to live it out well. We wanna be people who are, who are continually grateful, mindful, thankful, Lord, of, of your presence in our life, of the people that you've blessed us with, of, of your purposes and your promises that you've given us for our life and for our future in Jesus' name. Come on, if you receive it, say amen, say amen, say amen. And lastly, before we worship one more time, if you are here or you're online and you're far from God, and, and maybe you would say today, I, I once knew God, I once served God, maybe I grew up in the church, but life has happened, busyness has happened, distractions have happened, and today you're here online and you're far from God. You're what the Bible would describe as a prodigal son or daughter. 
Or maybe you've never received and experienced what it feels like just by putting your faith and trust in Jesus, believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth is what the Bible says that he is Lord and receiving what the Bible describes as a new start, a fresh beginning, all of the weight of your guilt, sin and shame completely removed from you, washed clean, made new and beginning to move forward into a new life. That's the promise of the gospel. And so if that's you, you're in either one of those camps or anywhere in between, right now is your moment. Right now is your moment to come home to God, to come home to a heavenly Father who loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much to leave you there. He sent Jesus to rescue you and to deliver you to a new life and a fresh start. So if that's you right now, don't wait. Right now, put your hand high in the air. Say, that's me, Pastor T, I need forgiveness. That's me, Pastor T, I need, I need a fresh start. I need a new life. I need redemption. I need to be rescued out of some things that are holding me back and hindering me from living the life that God's called me to. And listen, if you're online, I wanna encourage you that you might also just pull over to the side of the road or, or, or stand up off of your couch and just lift your hand high towards heaven because you are not responding to a person or a preacher. You're responding to your heavenly Father. And he sees what we can't see right now, he sees. If you lifted your hand in this room and many hands went up, you can lower it. And here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray this prayer with you. Man, so thankful for people coming home to Jesus. And, and we're gonna pray this prayer with you. And if you're part of this church family, you know why, because we wanna quickly come around those who are responding and coming home to Jesus in faith. And we wanna quickly show them there's a church family that wants to come alongside them and help them and encourage them and strengthen them. We don't, you don't have to get it all right or get it all fixed or whatever for us to already welcome you and accept you and just begin to help you begin to take one step at a time towards Christ in your new walk of faith. And lastly, we pray it together every week because we realize even as we're growing in our faith and come on, we're growing in our faith. We never graduate from the foundation of grace. So come on, let's pray it. Pray it with fervency, pray it with passion, pray it along with those who came home to, to Christ today. Father, in Jesus' name, I recognize my need for a savior. And I thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price that I could not pay, to make a way that I might have a new life and a fresh start. And I give you my life, I give you my trust. And because of Jesus, Come on, say it loud, I will never be the same. Say it, because of Jesus, I will never be the same. And come on, rejoice with all of heaven for the precious people who came home to Christ today. Hey, come on, let's worship the Lord. Let's give him thanks together one more time today. And then Beth will come and dismiss us.